You are listening to audio from Hope Church Ipswich. For more information about our church, please visit www.hopechurchipswich.net. John Olsen's going to be preaching today, and I just want to welcome him uh, as one of the elders here. We have six elders in this church. Uh, Tom leads the team, and we often ask other people to come and speak to us and bring what God's put on their hearts. And we're continuing our series, but I'm sure 99% of you know John because you, do, you can't walk in this door for more than two minutes without knowing John. Uh, and uh, him and his family are a huge blessing and asset to this church. Uh, Hannah, Kofi, Macy and Jenna are wonderful friends of ours uh, as a church and friends of mine as well. So we just want to welcome him together and uh, let's listen to what he has to say to us. Let's put our hands together. For John. Hello, 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 hello. <clears throat> well, thank you for that nice warm welcome. Um, as Tim said, my name is John, and uh, <clears throat> I've been coming to this church, I think, around 10 or 11 years now, and uh, it's happy to see you all smiling um, and enjoying the presence of God. Um, <clears throat> as Tim said, I've had the privilege to uh, be up here this morning to preach and to teach and to uh, share what God's been putting on my heart, and i just like to say that's a wonderful privilege to serve you guys and to serve Jesus, and I hope that uh, I serve you well this morning. Um, we're going through a series in Luke, um, and I have uh, been blessed with the passage um, where it's titled, Jesus Calls the First Disciples, and it's from <clears throat> chapter 5, from verses 1 to 11. Um, now, I've, uh, I normally preach another way, um, and uh, I really felt that uh, God wanted me to uh, preach a different way this morning. Um, and the way that uh, I'll be preaching this morning is... Um, yes, through dance. <laughs> uh, woo! No, but um, it, it's to engage with you guys, to to get you to open up your Bibles, to get you to go through the verses with me, and to ask questions. And to I'm praying that God will reveal uh, what I've come to the conclusion to, uh, as you go along and do it yourself and speak to you. Um, so I'm looking for activity this morning. So I hope you've brought your Bibles. No phones allowed. Just kidding. Um, um, but no, uh, if you can, just turn to Luke 5, and we're going to read from verses 1 to 11. And I, I just want to pray first, because um, I need God's help in this, and we need God's help to, to hear uh, what he has to say to us. So, Father, thank you that uh, you've been with us this morning um, in, an, in an exceptional world. Thank you that you've already been with us through this week. So, Father, we pray that as we come to your word, you'll soften our hearts and open our eyes in our ears so that we'll see you as you are and recognize that you've wrapped us up with you in this mission and in this uh, privilege to know you. So, Father, do speak to my brothers and sisters. Speak to me. May my words be clear, uh, tangible, uh, and may your word transform lives. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. So, I'm just going to read, if you could turn your Bible, as I said, to Luke um, 5, and I'm going to go from... Um, verses 1 to 11. And it says, on one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. 
but at your word I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken, and so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed Jesus. So as I said, we're going to start in verse 1. I'm just going to read it, and then I'm going to put a question to you that uh, was presented to me as I was studying, and I'm going to answer that question from the passage and from previous passages um, so that we can understand, better understand this passage of Scripture. So verse 1, on one occasion when the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gesenaret. And um, the question I asked myself when preparing for this, and the question I ask you is, why were people pressing in on Jesus to hear the word? And the answer that I've come up with is because Jesus was teaching about his grace. He was teaching with authority and with power, and he was fulfilling his purpose. And how I've come to that, if you can turn to the previous chapter, Luke chapter 4, and look at verses 14 to 15, it tells us that Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and a report about Jesus went out through all the surrounding country, and he taught in their synagogues, synagogues being glorified by all. So that was Luke 4, uh, verses 14 to 15. Now, I'm still in Luke 4. I'm looking at verses 16 to 22, and it tells us that Jesus went to Nazareth on the Sabbath. Jesus read out Isaiah 61, 1, and part of, the verse, uh, part of verse 2. And what he read out, it said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So as Jesus was going around to these synagogues, this is what uh, he was preaching, and this is what he was fulfilling as he was going around doing this. And then in Luke chapter 4, verses 31 to 32, you see that Jesus was in Capernaum, and you can find that on the map, which is a city of Galilee. And Galilee is that area uh, that says Galilee, obviously. And he was teaching them on the Sabbath again, and they were astonished at his teaching, for his words possessed authority. Moving on to Luke 4, verses 33 to 37, Jesus cast out a demonic spirit from a man. And when people saw this, in verse 36, it says that they were amazed and said to one another, What is this word? For with authority and power, he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And reports about him went out into every place in the surrounding region. So the reports that are coming out from every place is on that map, and that is the surrounding region. And lastly, Jesus says in verse 43 of Luke 4, because they were trying to hold Jesus there because it was such phenomenal teaching, and he was demonstrating such power. He says, I must preach the good news of the kingdom 
of God to the other towns as well. For I was sent for this purpose, and he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea, which is down to the bottom left of the area. So when I asked that question, why were people pressing in? You can see that Jesus had exceptional authority, he had exceptional power, and he was demonstrating miraculous signs and wonders, and people could do nothing but report about this because they were captivated at this Jesus and the things that he had done. And because of that, the reports spread throughout the region. I'm going to go on to verse 2 now and 3. And the question I, I have as I read this is, why did Jesus get into the boat? And verse 2 and 3 says, And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets, getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's. He asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. So the question I ask is, why did Jesus get into the boat? And the answer that I've come up with is because Jesus is personal, and he wanted to spend time with Simon, even though he was preaching to the masses. Now, you could read this verse and come to the conclusion that Jesus stepped into the boat to escape the crowds, and because he wanted people to hear him, because when you get on the boat and you push out a little bit, the water carries your voice. But I've come to the conclusion that that is true, but also that Jesus wanted to know Simon and get in Simon's boat. Because don't forget, Jesus walked on water, so if he wanted to get away from the crowds, he could have took a stroll right across the lake to the other side. In the previous chapter, chapter 4, in verse 30, it says that, but passing through their mist, he went away. And this crowd was angry at Jesus and trying to throw him off a cliff, but miraculously he walked through the crowd. Invisible man, I guess, but it's Jesus. He has the power to do that. Jesus was pursuing Simon, and this wasn't the first encounter that Jesus had with Simon. If you can turn to the book of John, which is after Luke, and it's in chapter 1, I'm summarizing here, but it's uh, from 29 to 42, it's where Simon's brother, Andrew, is a disciple of John the Baptist. And Jesus, as I've already said, is coming out of the wilderness, full of the Holy Spirit, and they see Jesus. And I would encourage you to read that story uh, this week, just to familiarize yourself with it, because it's, it's one of the first accounts where someone recognizes Jesus as the Messiah. But carrying on in verse 41, it says that it tells us that after Andrew decided to follow Jesus, he first found his own brother, Simon. So if you didn't figure it out, Simon and Andrew were brothers. And then in verse 42, it says, he brought him, which is Simon, to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, the son of John. And I'm sure Simon said, yes, I am. And he said, you shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. Now, I don't know if that uh, is interesting to you, but I'd be pretty uh, thrown away or blown away if I first met someone and he said, I'm not going to call you by your name. I'm going to call you by another name. But this was significant because at this moment, Jesus was calling Simon Peter because he was basically saying that you're mine. Yeah, you're mine. You're going to be a disciple of mine. And I don't think Simon necessarily knew that at the time, but in hindsight, we do know that. So 
Jesus changes Simon's name. And then the second account is recorded. Go back to Luke 4, please. Verses 38 to 41, where Jesus is in Simon's house. And Simon's mother-in-law has a fever. And Jesus commands the fever to go from Simon's mother-in-law. And it went. And this was actually done in Simon's house. The other thing is that after that, in that story, you can read it later, many people were healed. And they would have seen this. So this tells me that Jesus was intentional about building a relationship with Simon. And he was seeking Simon before Simon was even seeking Jesus. And it would have been an honor to have Jesus at your house and in your life. And it's an honor for us now to know Jesus. Jesus was intentional and he stepped into Simon's boat to let Simon know that I want to be in your world and I am coming to your world. If we carry on reading to verses 4 and 5, it says, And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. And the question I asked myself when I was preparing for this was, why did Jesus command Simon to go fishing? And I've come to the conclusion that Jesus was testing Simon to see if Simon trusted him and was willing to obey him. Now, Jesus knew that Simon and his friends were fishermen, and he knew that they didn't catch any fish because in chapter 5, verse 2, it says that Jesus saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out. He didn't see any fish, and they were washing their nets. And Jesus, <laughs> I love Jesus because he is so intentional. He is so purposeful. He knew that Simon and his friends would be at that place at that time. So although he was preaching and teaching the crowds, he was looking for Simon at that moment. And you have to remember, Jesus would have had conversation with Simon, so he'd have been fully aware of what Simon did for a living and where he worked and who he worked with. Just to explain a little bit about fishing, in those days they would have fished at night, and uh, the reason for this is because um, they would have banged loud drums and they would have tried to make loads of noise as they cast the net down and the fish would have swam into these nets. And they would have worked as a team. That's why there's two boats. And what Jesus was asking Simon to do was opposite of what they were used to. You know, it was extraordinary, really, fishing at night, go out into the deep. They didn't fish like that. But what Jesus was demonstrating was that I am above what you know. I am, my ways are higher than your ways. And although it seemed opposite of what they would normally do, it is astounding that Simon says in verse 5, at your word I will let down the net. And which Simon is showing to us is extraordinary obedience and trust. This doesn't seem right. This doesn't feel right. But I'm going to 
trust you because I've seen what you've done. I know that you possess authority, and I know that you possess power. And I just like to really drill into this because I think sometimes those who aren't Christians of the world think that we have a blind faith, and it's not blind at all. Jesus had already demonstrated to Simon his remarkable power by healing everyone that came to his house. It wasn't like, oh, he healed 50 out of 1,000. He healed 100%. And he saw Jesus heal his mother-in-law of a fever 100%. So it's proportionate to what Jesus was asking him to do. And as a result, Simon obeyed Jesus and he received a blessing. And I just like to say that Jesus asks us to do things that we are able to do. He doesn't ask us to do anything that he won't do himself or that we haven't seen him to do. So when I looked at this question, why did Jesus, why did Jesus command Simon to go fishing? It's because he wants us to be obedient and trust him, just as Simon did. Moving on to verses 6 to 8, it says, And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. And when I read this, I was thinking, why was Simon Peter's response in verse 8 that I'm a sinful man. And I came to the conclusion that it was because this was the first time that Simon experienced the grace of God and the mercy of God and the power of God in his own life. He had seen remarkable miracles in other people's lives. He had seen other people healed. But this was the first time that he experienced the full weight of God in his boat, in his life. What I love about Jesus is that he didn't have to do this. He could have said, yeah, mate, well done, you didn't catch any fish. Could have went home, carried on preaching. But no, he goes out of his way and he steps into Simon's boat and he shows compassion on Simon. He blesses Simon in an extraordinary way that is specific to how Simon would have needed it. And this is the same for us. Jesus goes out of his way and steps into our boats and blesses us in extraordinary ways that are specific to us. A similar response is found in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 5. You don't have to find it, but I would advise you to read it at a later date. And it says, this is Isaiah when he came into the presence of God. He said, and I said, woe is me, for I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Simon had his first encounter with the Lord of hosts when he came into his boat and he experienced that miracle. So his response was that I'm a sinful man because he saw that Jesus was holy, powerful, and that he had authority. And this is what happened when we encounter the presence of God. So Jesus is full of grace, 
full of mercy, full of power, and full of authority. He loves to bless us with things, but he loves us when we can see that knowing him is better than receiving the blessing. The real blessing is knowing Jesus. Carrying on to verses 9 to 11, if you want to follow that with me. It's the last of the, uh, the chapter, excuse me, the, uh, the passage. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. And when I was preparing, I felt God say to me, or I was asking God, well, why did Jesus tell Simon to fear not? It's because God loves the one who fears him, and it is the right response when we encounter a holy God who has absolute power, authority. And we don't often talk about the fear of God. But I've come to the conclusion that it is an essential part of knowing about God and learning to be disciples of God. And what I've done for this particular section is I want you to just listen to a number of passages that I've selected which show us that the fear of the Lord is a good thing because your fear is in the right place. It's not in fear of man. It's not in fear of your life. It's not in fear of anything that can take us away from God. Psalms chapter 19 verse 9 says, The fear of the Lord is clean. Proverbs 8.13 says, The fear of the Lord is the hatred of evil. Psalms 31 to 39 says, How great is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you. Psalm 115.13 says, He will bless those who fear the Lord, the small together with the great. Proverbs 19.23 says, the fear of the Lord leads to life so that one may sleep satisfied, untouched by evil. You want to sleep satisfied? Learn to fear the Lord. Proverbs 22 says, verse 4 says, The reward of humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. Proverbs 28, 14 says, How blessed is the man who fears always, but he who hardens his heart will fall into calamity. Psalm 33, 18 to 19 says, Behold, the eyes of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope for his loving kindness to deliver their souls from death and to keep them alive in famine. And lastly, one of the more famous ones, Proverbs 1, verse 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So the fear of the Lord humbles us. It softens our hearts, and it beckons us into a relationship with God. And it enables us to walk into our true purpose in this life, which is to obey God and to die to self and to obey his commands. Notice Jesus told Peter to fear not. That means he lifts Peter up. He sets his feet on a rock because Peter was in the right place of submission. In the end, Peter's identity was no longer a fisherman in regards to fishing for fish. 
but his identity was a disciple of Jesus. He was in Christ, and he learned to catch men. So how does this passage speak to us today? I present to us and I ask us, well, we know that Jesus is still fulfilling his promises and his purposes. We know that Jesus still has power and authority overall. Jesus is still being preached because you're all here, and he is still spreading the good news. He is still with us by his spirit, and he speaks through us through his word. Jesus is still stepping into the lives of you and the lives of me and the lives of those outside these walls. We're running an alpha course, and it's a wonderful thing to see people from the start of Alpha to the end of Alpha. Such transformation as they get to hear the truth, the word of God. I'm absolutely blown away by the mercy and the grace of God has shown on my life. How his word has taught me how to be a better husband, a better father, a better friend. And I find that when Jesus entered to my boat in my life, it wasn't always easy. I always wasn't obedient. But man, the change in my life. Such transformation of knowing that Jesus wants to be intimate with me. And my prayer, well, no, I know that you experience that same intimacy that same joy of knowing, of laying your life down and following Jesus to be the captain of your ship and calling you away from your life into abundance of life, of life in itself, of knowing him. I ask myself, God, how can we respond to this? How can we respond to the weight of this? And I felt God says, you've now heard, now do, receive. God is building a powerful church, and he's not going to give you more than you can handle. Trust God. We grow in trusting God. Peter didn't just walk away on the first occasion. As Jesus was entering into people's lives, as I believe he's entering into people's lives here, as he's entered into my life, I give more of my life away, just like you have gave part of your life away in the offering this morning. It's for his glory. Yeah? It's for his purposes. So I'd just like for us to really end in responding to this beautiful message that is 2,000 years ago, but is relevant for us today. And I'd just like to just ask for you to prepare your hearts to receive from God at the end of this, but also this week. Look out for God. He's speaking to you. Commit to this because he's committed to you. So thank you for listening. Let's respond to Jesus in praise and worship, and let's hand our lives over to him more and more. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Hope Church Ipswich. Please feel free to make a copy of this content, but please do not edit the content in any way.